The Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company proudly presents Wasteland Active Radio. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and friends beyond and between, welcome back to Wasteland Active Radio. Coming to you from the Warfront with the Dashwoods Forward Operation Team, 19th Division, under Major Walsh. As always, I am your gracious host, Crispy. We've got another great show for you today with some amazing news. Colonel Grimm has arrived at the 19th's camp with their battalion. There'll be more on that later, but for now, let's get into it. New friends, new orders, and a plot to save new Lusk? More on that in today's announcements. Red skies at night, Dashwood delight? Bucket will tell us whether that's true or not in today's weather. Raider standoffs and relief efforts as new factions pop up in Wyoming. More on that in today's local news. Want to build your own robotic friend but don't know how? Johnny will teach you the basics in today's tech tips. Took chilling out a little too literally? Don't worry, Shoban knows how to fix you up in today's Wasteland Health. After the break, Atlas has a pair of special guests that'll turn up the heat in this week's explosive edition of On the Scene. Finally, I've got a special guest of my own in for an interview. I'll do an interview with some top brass in today's open table. With the preamble out of the way, let's get on with the show. In our first announcement for today... Major Walsh's 19th Division camp is currently hosting Colonel Grimm of the Daring Dashwoods, as well as their battalion. On top of Colonel Grimm's sniper team, the reinforcements include members from several larger Dashwood outposts, all of which are here to bolster the front in the effort to take down Macklin's army. It is currently unknown how long Colonel Grimm's forces will be staying with the 19th, but it's certain that their presence here is a sign that the Dashwoods are about to push forward. It has already been confirmed that Colonel Grimm's team will be working closely with Captain Holtz's scouting teams, sharing information gathered from the scouts. Scouting with long-range support from the sniper teams. Snipers. Ahem. With that in mind, let's offer a warm welcome to Colonel Grimm and their troops, because the weather sure won't. In our next announcement, operations to press further into the Rocky Mountains have begun. While I'm unable to go into the exact details of what the Dashwoods plan for this operation, I can say that the goal is to locate Macklin's stores of FEV, plot a path for reinforcements to reach them, and then destroy the FEV and capture or eliminate Macklin and his officers. Sounds simple, right? Yep, totally simple. Sometimes the simplest plans are the best, and there are certainly no other methods that the Dashwoods will be using. Yep, just a straightforward, simple plan executed by the finest minds in the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company. Because of the fine minds behind this operation, you, dear listeners, can rest assured that the plan will go off without a hitch, and Macklin will no longer be a threat to the wastelands. Moving on. In our final announcement, efforts to free the town of New Lusk have begun as well. Once again, this is something I can't go deep into the details of to make sure that none of Macklin's troops are listening in. 
I can, however, and once again, go over the goals of this operation until New Lusk has been liberated. Obviously, the main goal is to liberate New Lusk with as few casualties as possible. To do so, the Dashwoods will have to figure out where and how many super mutants there are in New Lusk. From there, it's a matter of figuring out how to get the upper hand on the mutants, and making sure that none of the residents die unnecessarily. This will certainly be a tricky operation, considering that Macklin's army is mostly made up of, well, less than intelligent super mutants who would have a difficult time forming a solid plan like taking over an entire town and using it to lure other people in. With that in mind, it's likely that the mutants are being led by either an anomalous smart mutant, much like our own resident smart mutant Atlas. The other possibility is that they're being led by a nightkin, highly intelligent first-generation super mutants like Macklin himself. Regardless, the Dashwoods have a solid plan for overcoming these obstacles and will be putting them into action as soon as all the right parts line up. That's all for today's announcements, so let's go over to Bucket for this week's weather forecast. Alright, Bucket, activate. Activating. Awaiting instructions. How are you? Why do you bother asking? Because I'm your friend? Yet you and the rest of my so-called friends have continuously altered my body without my consent, dragged me along on a journey I did not wish to make, and have put me in harm's way more times than I care to count. Since when did my well-being truly matter to you? Well, when you say it like that, we sound like a bunch of jerks. I forgive you. Oh, that's generous of you. Thank However, the only thing I can't forgive was that you failed to let the harm end my functionality. Oh. Bucket, just forecast the weather. Acknowledged. Beginning weather forecast for the week of January 4th, 2288. Currently, the temperature is 12 degrees Fahrenheit with a high of 15 degrees and a low of negative 2 degrees. 39% humidity. Overcast with snow. Wind speeds up to 30 miles per hour. Thursday, the temperature will have a high of negative 3 degrees and a low of negative 14 degrees. 44% humidity. Warning! A blizzard will begin around 1200 hours with temperatures of negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit and wind speeds up to 58 miles per hour. The blizzard is estimated to end around... Take precautions to ensure your survival. Friday, the temperature will have a high of negative 5 degrees and a low of negative 17 degrees, 43% humidity. The blizzard will continue throughout the day. Wind speeds up to 59 miles per hour. Estimated weekly radiation level is... Condition orange. Succumb to death by freezing or death by radiation. All shall be equal in the void of nothingness. Forecast complete. Performing diagnostics and printing satellite scans. Holy crap. You heard him, dear listeners. There's a blizzard coming, and it sounds like it's going to be a nasty one, too. Make sure to stay inside and out of the wind. Gather as many supplies as you can. We're talking food, water, and something to keep a fire going. Sounds like we're in for a rough week. Make sure to stay safe. As for you, Bucket, go and find Johnny and let him know. Acknowledged. 
Well, that's weather out of the way, so let's move on to this week's local news. In our first news story, the Dashwoods have encountered the raiders that have been harrying the North Roads. This encounter took place a few days ago along Interstate 25, about 10 miles west of the Wyoming-South Dakota border. This encounter came during an unrelated scouting mission when the Dashwood Scouts, led by Captain Holtz, found themselves surrounded. Unwilling to back down, the Scouts took a defensive position and prepared for a fight. According to Captain Holtz, uh, ahem, <clears throat> we noticed that we were being trailed and took some time to reroute towards a nearby neighborhood, hoping to break line of sight with whoever was following us. We walked for about a quarter mile before the first shot was fired. A warning shot. Somebody hidden in the trees called out and told us to lay down our weapons. That's when we made double time and got inside of a red rocket station, right when we started taking fire. We took up defensive positions inside of the station and hunkered down until the raiders stopped shooting long enough to get a word in edgewise. I requested a parlay with their leader, and they refused. They demanded that we surrender, so I started to negotiate the terms to give Corporal Jen, our best sniper, time to spot the raiders. Jen confirmed at least half a dozen, but could tell there were more. Jen pointed out the enemy numbers to the rest of our team, and I gave the order to take simultaneous warning shots. This gave the raiders pause and allowed us to throw Molotovs toward the tree line, giving us a distraction while we moved to better cover. The raiders opened fire and we took several injuries, but after a day of moving slowly from cover to cover, we managed to get back to camp. End quote. The scouts are currently debating their next steps regarding this raider group, but are waiting for Major Walsh to weigh in on the matter. When approached for comment, Major Walsh was quoted as saying, The raiders in question clearly know the area better than we do, and aren't afraid of taking advantage of that. For now, finding the bounds of their territory should be our top priority. End quote. We'll keep you updated as things develop, dear listeners. In our next news story, the nearby settlement of Tunneltown has been attacked by super mutants. The attack happened yesterday as a band of over 30 supermutants moved to breach Tunneltown's front gate. According to Tunneltown's leader, Mayor Garcia Gutierrez, the supermutants had been attempting to breach the gate with a large battering ram for over an hour before they started using explosives. Thankfully, Colonel Grimm's entourage was traveling to reach the 19th's camp when they noticed the attack. Colonel Grimm's snipers managed to put down more than half of the attackers before the mutants retreated. Colonel Grimm left a small detachment to support Tunneltown until Major Walsh could send reinforcements in to help rebuild the gate. Tunneltown is located inside of an old train tunnel, allowing them to maintain heavily fortified entrances, though the explosive the super mutants used could have collapsed the tunnel if they had continued their assault. Thankfully, there were no casualties, and Mayor Garcia Gutierrez has expressed a willingness to work with the Dashwoods while Macklin's forces are still around. In our final news story, a group known as the Mercies has been leading relief efforts to assist those affected by attacks from Macklin's army. The Mercies are providing food, clean water, shelter, and medical services to those in need of them throughout the Rocky Wastes region. These services are free and available at all hours. Just look for them in Fort Caspar. The Dashwoods are currently negotiating a partnership with the Mercies to help expand their efforts and maintain their supply lines in exchange for medical services and connections with the groups that help supply the Mercies. The Dashwoods are currently waiting for a representative from the Mercies to arrive today in order to finalize the negotiations. Uh, now that I think about it, they're probably going to be stuck here for a while, considering the blizzard we're expecting. With that in mind, I expect I'll have plenty of time to discuss the Mercies with the representative once the negotiations are done. 
That is, assuming they give me the time of day. But we'll just have to play that by ear, won't we, dear listeners? That's all for today's local news, so let's go over to Johnny for today's edition of Tech Tips. Good afternoon, Johnny. And a good afternoon to you too, Crispy. And how are you doing today, kid? Not too bad. The cold is making my stump a little sore, but that's an easy fix. Anyway, let's get on with the segment, shall we? Ahem. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Tips with Johnny Windsor. I'm Johnny, and I'm here to tell you how to keep your tech running, even when the world isn't. What do you got for us today, Johnny? I'm glad you asked. Today, I'm going to tell the listeners how to prepare robots for severe cold weather, as well as some basic maintenance to keep your robotic friends healthy and efficient. To help with that, I have my good friend Bucket in the workshop today. Hello, Bucket. Greetings. All right. Bucket, status report. Acknowledged. Internal temperature currently below safe limits. Blockage detected in hydraulic reservoir. Hydraulic pump 4 inactive. Report complete. Yeah, that sounds about right. Bucket, live maintenance mode. Acknowledged. We'll start with the hydraulic issues. Just like before, you'll need a standard socket wrench with a 1-inch socket, a 1-quarter inch socket, and a 5-32nd inch socket, a small, sharp blade, a fluid pan, and needle nose pliers. First, we'll have to separate Bucket's chassis and jet. This is easier said than done when working on a normal Mr. Handy unit. You would need to remove the metal casing, which is simple but time-consuming, since there are over 31 quarter-inch bolts holding the casing in place. With the Protectron model, however, there is a panel in the back with only four shallow one-inch bolts that allow you to access the hydraulic system. I'll start by using our one-inch socket to remove the bolts on Bucket's maintenance panel. We'll set those aside on our work table. And now we'll remove the panel. With the panel removed, we have full access to the hydraulic reservoir. But for what we have planned, we'll need to remove Bucket's chassis from the jet. To remove a Mr. Handy hover jet, unplug the wires connecting the jet to the motherboard. Then take your one inch socket and remove the four mounting bolts. Easy as pie. Now, just lift the chassis from the jet. Just lift the the chassis. And set it aside somewhere safe. Now we can more easily work on the hydraulic reservoir. Hmm, that's looking pretty thick. Thankfully, this is easy to fix, and Bucket's hydraulics could use bleeding anyway. Yes, doctor. More leeches. Affix them to me. Let them drink their fill. <laughs> oh, Bucket. We won't be using leeches. We'll just remove one of the hands from the Mr. Handy arms using the same method from before. We'll then take our fluid pan, rest the end of the arm inside, and disconnect the hydraulic tubing. We'll let that flow until it stops and then repeat the process for the rest of the arms as well. This will take a few minutes since we're draining the reservoir completely, but it's likely that changing the fluid will take care of the problem for now. Hydraulic fluid does tend to thicken up during colder weather, so be sure to keep your robots warm so they can function as intended. 
I found that using heating blankets applied directly to the robot for a few minutes is most effective, but positioning them near most heat sources works well too. That's... that's actually the solution to all of Bucket's current issues today. It's kind of funny if you think about it. Robots are just as dependent on maintaining a specific temperature range as people are. Anyway, once the reservoir and all the hydraulic tubing is empty, wipe away any residue and then flush the system with low viscosity oil several times before reassembling the hydraulic system and refilling the reservoir with clean hydraulic fluid. From there, be sure to keep your robotic friend warm and everything should be fine. Well, that's all I've got for you today. I'm Johnny Windsor, reminding you to take care of your computerized companions. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe. Thanks, Johnny. Another great segment. You know, maybe I should be taking notes so I can fix Bucket Up if it comes down to it. Anyway, with the weather getting as harsh as it has been, it's always a good idea to know how to not freeze to death. And I think I know someone who can help us out with that. Let's go over to Chauvin for this week's edition of Wasteland Health. Good afternoon, Chauvin. Like hell it is! It's been hard enough sleeping lately, but this morning I woke up with my face frozen to the pillow! I haven't showered yet since it would have taken too long to heat up the water, and there is no way in hell that I'm taking a cold shower in this weather. Do do you know how many patches of ice I slipped on during my walk to the medical tent today? Go ahead. Yes. Uh, three. Fifteen f***ing times. Language. (laughs) I hate the winter. Wait, why was your face frozen to the pillow? Uh, 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 I was, I was drooling in my sleep. Oh, damn it. That's not any better. Uh, Whatever, it's none of your business. Welcome to. getting shot at, or eaten by some monster in the wasteland, the next biggest threat is, da-da-da-da, freezing to death. I'm sure we all know the basics of staying warm. Wear layers of clothing, stay near sources of heat, keep yourself dry, and stay out of the wind. Simple, right? Well, let's say you can't get a fire going. You fell through some ice into a lake. Or you're in some flatlands with no cover from the wind. There are two main issues you're going to face in those cases. Hypothermia and frostbite. We'll start with a quick overview of hypothermia. Hypothermia is when your body is losing more heat than it's making. The normal body temperature is around 98 degrees. Someone suffering from hypothermia will have a temperature of 95 degrees or lower. Because of this, your organs aren't going to be able to work the way they should, and they'll eventually shut down. Mm, Then you die. Now, what does hypothermia look like? Well, someone with hypothermia acts pretty similar to someone who's drunk. They could start slurring their words, stumbling around, acting confused, and they'll 
seem more tired or even pass out completely. On top of that, they'll be shivering, since that's the body's first defense against cold. It's your body trying to warm itself up. On top of that, their pulse and breathing will be weak. So if you can't tell if they're drunk or not, that'll be the tiebreaker. The only thing you can do to fight off hypothermia is to raise your internal temperature. So cozy up next to a fire, drink something warm, not alcohol, and keep yourself dry. Easy enough, right? Next, we'll talk about frostbite. Frostbite is what happens when your skin starts to freeze, preventing blood from reaching the affected area and causing the skin to die and rot away. Frostbite starts at the extremities, your fingertips, toes, nose, and ears. And it can spread further, causing more damage as it does. Your skin will start to get a prickly, pins and needles feeling, and it'll be cold to the touch. It'll go numb and start to darken, and you'll have a harder time moving the affected area as your joints freeze up. Sometimes, in extreme cases, your skin will blister when you warm it back up. Now that we know what it looks like, how do you avoid it? Similar to hypothermia, make sure you're staying warm and dry, but also make sure to wear warm gloves or mittens thick socks, and insulated boots. If you end up with frostbite anyway, here are a few things you can do. Get into a warm area and soak the affected areas in warm, not hot, water. You can also use a wet washcloth soaked in warm water to warm up parts that can't be kept underwater, like the stuff on your head. Your skin will most likely start to sting as you warm it up. This is normal, and once the stinging has stopped, you should be fine. Regardless, I'd still highly suggest seeking out a professional doctor to give you a once-over and make sure there aren't any lasting symptoms, much like my patient over here did. Let's see. Private Samuel Smoker? Oh, hell. Yeah, that's me. When's the doctor getting here? doctor what but you're a girl mm-hmm and I'm your doctor dr. Hade <clears throat> now show me where it hurts I ain't showing nothing to some little girl playing that doctor hey hey you uh me yeah Go get a doctor and send him in. Tell him one of his nurses is getting lippy. But there's already a doctor here. Hey, Dr. Head. Hi, Miller. What happened this time? Ah, uh, nothing too bad. I was cleaning my gut, got my finger stuck in the chamber, and it ripped the nail off. They patched me up already. Oh, uh, thanks again for fixing my feet. I can't remember the last time they weren't itchy. Who would have thought maggots liked eating feet meat? Yeah, don't mention it. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> anyway, you're one of the guys who came in with Colonel Grimm, right? Dr. Hayes a good doctor. Definitely top three in the camp. Well, I gotta go finish cleaning my gun. See you later, Dr. Hayes. See you, Miller. Hopefully not too soon. 
Now, smoker, right? <sighs> yeah, that's me. Huh. Good. Your paperwork says you have frostbite. Let's see it. Uh, here. My ears are burning up, and I can barely move my fingers. We just spent the last few weeks humping it through the cold to rendezvous with Major Walsh. Okay. That means we've been traveling to meet up with your boss. Figured a little girl wouldn't understand the lingo. Little <laughs> All right. The tips of your ears have gone black. You're definitely going to lose an inch of your ears. As for the fingers, let me see your hands. Uh, mm, oh. Not rock solid. Probably won't need amputation. We'll just have you... Amputation? You're, you're f***ing with me, right? <laughs> well, that's up to you. Do you want us to cut off the dead tissue? Or do you want gangrene? No, I don't want to lose my fingers. Aw, <laughs> uh, you can't have it both ways, Private. However, <laughs> I do have a treatment method that might save your fingers. But please, Doctor, don't cut off my fingers. I'll do whatever it takes. Okay, if you're sure. Here. This is a special solution of heated dihydrogen monoxide. It has a higher pH level than any known acid and is lethal if it gets into the lungs. Thankfully, we know how to use it properly, and if you soak your hands in it, it should help restore circulation. <laughs> but <laughs> I can guarantee it'll be agonizingly painful. <laughs> Anything. Please, I'll do it. All right. Just put your hands in this bowl. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, it stings. Oh, God. Uh, oh, Nana. Nana, it hurts. Nana. <laughs> You huge baby. <laughs> what? Dihydrogen monoxide. H2O. It's normal clean water. Keep soaking your hands in it until I get back to you. What the hell is wrong with you? Just doing my job. I should have figured you wouldn't understand the lingo. <laughs> oh. And you already did sign the waiver. So you do know that you're currently live on radio. That's... Damn it! That ain't fair! Uh, 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 Keep your hands in the water until I get back. Oh. <laughs> and remember, blistering is normal. <laughs> anyway, I'm Dr. Siobhan Hayne, and this has been Wasted Health! Thanks for listening, and remember to respect your physicians. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Shoban. 
Well, dear listeners, it's time for a little music break while we get organized. So I'm going to leave you with Pennies from Heaven as performed by Bing Crosby. Back in a bit, dear listeners. Enjoy. Hey, 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 guys. Hi, Crispy. Uh-huh. Oh, what's up? Hello. Cool. Everybody got instructions from HQ, right? Sure did. Uh-huh. Yep, reading them now. Hello. Yes, and I must say, this misinformation campaign we're to wage is better than the first. Yeah. Glad I'm not the one in charge of lying on air, though. I feel the same. Thankfully, we've got the best liar in charge of that. Damn straight. Can't say I'm happy lying to the listeners, though. I get we're trying to throw Macklin off our trail, but... Would you rather expose all our secrets to Macklin? Like you did back in Station Hill? Okay, good point. But, hey, I was surprised when those quote-unquote raiders from the North Roads turned out to be from one of the native reservations that survived. I was doubly surprised when they helped the Dashwoods liberate New Lusk. Glad to have those guys on our side. As for New Lusk, let's just hope the super mutants don't realize we've already taken it back. Or doing to them what they did to us. Yeah, minus the cannibalism. Thankfully, Colonel Grimm and their reinforcements have arrived. That should help to ensure that we can hold New Lusk and the rest of the Wyoming wastes. Correct. However, the fact that New Lusk was held by a nightkin is an unsettling fact. You think that Macklin guy... Uh, is is gonna look into that anytime soon? Most likely, yes. Macklin kept his Nightkin allies a secret until the battle for Station Hill. An asset as valuable as a Nightkin being lost won't be ignored. That makes sense. Hey, Shoban, what are your orders? Huh? Oh! Uh, no real changes. But... <laughs> They are giving me a free lesson on super mutant physiology. <laughs> I'll get to participate in a dissection to learn more about super mutant strengths and weaknesses. A few weeks too late, if you ask me. That reminds me. Atlas, have you gotten a chance to test that weapon we built? Yes, I have. However, the heat produced becomes too much to bear after repeated use. And if you keep using it like that, it'll melt itself into your chest for good. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, it might be an improvement, actually. Uh, am I missing something? I'd rather you not spill the proverbial beans regarding this project. As such, I'll leave the details to your imagination. Is it another chest bomb? Did someone say chest bomb? Like a pounding lump of twisted heart flesh exploding from one's own chest to ignite our adversaries? Oh, please tell me I'm right. Oh, no. Hey, hey, Badger Boy, Donnie! I was wondering when we'd see you two. I was surprised to see that you two had come west with Colonel Grimm. What brings you out here? Aside from the war? Well, that's top secret, you dig? Oh, yes. Only the dead shall know our mission. <laughs> but hey, let's not talk shop while we're catching up. 
How you been, my dead-skinned brother? Bring it in. Man, we've been up and down since leaving the Ash Flats. I can see that. Got some new scars. Blue over here looks like he's grown a new grabber. And you got a new friend. Nice to meet you, sis. Name's Captain Arnold Young, but everybody calls me Badger Boy. Oh, so you're the Badger Boy these guys were talking about. All right, I'm Dr. Siobhan. I heard you pulled a fast one on Cutler. <laughs> Good work. Ah, uh, weren't nothing. Just a little C4 and a silver tongue. <laughs> you sound familiar with that Cutler jerk. You bumped elbows with him? What? No, no. I just... She uh, was a slave in the raider group Cutler was from, and we... Hey, don't talk for me. God, acting like I'm a damn child. <sighs> My mom was Cutler's boss. To Technically his boss's boss, but still, I helped Johnny and the rest of these guys escape. Oh, yeah. Sterling filled us in when he got back to Station Hill. Told us you were a cool cat out of a bad situation. You must be the one he was talking about. Nice to finally put a face to a name. Nice to meet you, Sinbad. <sighs> it's Siobhan. Whoa, whoa! You're the mender of flesh with hair of flame. Yes. I can see the fire in your blood. A lineage of fury and flesh rending. An excellent addition to the Dashwoods. <laughs> yeah. Back up, weirdo. Ah, my apologies. But those eyes. There are ghosts in those eyes. Uh, uh, stop. Uh, stop looking at my eyes. How is Sterling? We haven't heard from him since he was sent back. Major Sterling has been weighed, measured, and found guilty of feeling guilty over unforeseen, uncontrollable circumstances. The survivors have relieved him of his guilt and cast it into the flames where it belongs. It took some time hashing things out. But the Dashwoods back home don't hold anything against Sterling. We welcomed him back with open arms. Good. Sterling's guilt was misplaced. It's about time he stops bearing that burden. Agreed. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello? Yes. Hello. Oh, crap. It's almost time to get back on Mike. Hey, it was great seeing you two again. I'll talk to you later. Hello? No, no. It's goodbye. Hello? Hello and welcome back to Wasteland Active Radio, dear listeners. Crispy back behind the mic. You've just finished listening to My Funny Valentine as performed by Miles Davis. Another great track for another great day. So now that we're back, I'm sure you know what time it is now. It's time to go to Field Correspondent Atlas for today's edition of On the Scene. Atlas? Greetings and salutations. I am Atlas, and I am currently on the scene with two members of the reinforcement group. If you have listened to the show in the past, there is a good chance that you may be familiar with these two Dashwood mercenaries. Let us welcome Captain Arnold Young and Specialist Donnie the Clown. Hello again, gentlemen. Good to see you too, Meat Mountain. A burning pleasure as always. <laughs> Certainly. Would you like to more formally introduce yourselves to those listeners who may be unaware of who you are? You got it, Daddy-O. 
Listen up, all you hip cats out there. I'm Captain Arnold Badger Boy Young. I'm an explosive specialist for the Darren Dashwood Mercenary Company. Anything that goes boom, from a firecracker to a mini nuke, man, I know how it all works, you dig? They call me Donnie the Clown. I burn things for the Dashwoods. <laughs> you know, I still don't know which team you're part of, Donnie. Like, I know we were sent to Station Hill together, but I'm still scratching my dome on who your boss is. That is a good point. I don't believe you've ever revealed that. Which team are you part of? <laughs> I don't know either. I receive my orders through written communications only. I have never even seen their face. Oh, that's Colonel Neiman. Never leaves his office back at headquarters. Just jabs through a speaker and slips paper through a mail slot on his door. At least I think Neiman is a he. I don't know, man. But Colonel Neiman has done some pretty solid stuff. Wait, what's your rank again? Over 538 and 314ths. Let's move on, shall we? You've told us who you are and what you do. But how long have you been part of the Dashwoods? Oh, man, I've been a Dashwood for over eight years now. Going strong and proud. 21, no, 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 no. That's Swing Father. Six years? Though the Dashwoods have kept my company f for 11 years now. Ever since the General pulled me from the embers. Hmm. When did it get cold? How long has the snow been here? It's been here for literal days now. I must admit that it is- This is unacceptable! We could... go inside a tent. Hmm? No, I'd rather stand here and see the this travesty. Yeah, man. And besides, I can smell the mess tent from here. Hey, man, how's the grub here? It's, uh... Let's, let's move on. What are your thoughts on General Roosevelt? I've heard many accounts of his exploits over the previous weeks. Man, that's a heavy question right there. Do you know how many people he ordered executed back in Tennessee? Not counting casualties, over a thousand people, and not all of them were directly part of Proud Company. There were trials, more like kangaroo court than anything, but anybody who was too cozy with Proud Company, anybody who owned slaves, they were all put on trial. These trials went on for weeks. Something short of 2,000 people were put on trial, and more than half died. I hear they call it the Turtle Rock Massacre back in Tennessee. But for the time being, I honestly think he's what we need for this war. At the end of this war, I have no idea what the Dashwoods are going to be like with Roosevelt at the wheel. But in the end, he is my general, so I'm going to listen to him. But I guess I'll have to wait and see what the future holds. That was quite insightful. What of you, clown? 
I hate him with a burning passion. Whoa, Donnie. Watch it. That's the general you're talking about. Hmm. This is a view I have yet to witness. Please explain yourself. Gladly. <sighs> Three years ago, the rosy felt man made a push down towards the gulf seeking to form alliances and secure resources. While in Missouri, the now General's forces were led like sparks to a fuse to a factory that produced pyrotechnical devices, more commonly known as fireworks. However, the factory was infested with feral ghouls. During an altercation, a fire was started that resulted in the factory exploding into a glorious blooming of fabulous flames and killing everything inside. Nothing could be salvaged from the wreckage. And this upsets you because... I was given orders to join the rooster on the expedition, but when I reported to duty, he ordered me to stay at HQ! I missed it! The burning! The lights! Oh! If only I could be so incandescently immolated! I still weep sometimes at the thought of it. Oh. Ahem. Next question. What are your thoughts on the war? Man, I know taking down Macklin is for the good of the whole wasteland. But for us from Station Hill, it's personal. We spent weeks getting ready for him to show up and his goons took a lot of our friends down. Tornado aside, we could have beat them, and I think they know that. It's time to make good on that. Scoot it, bop, bop, pow. Scoot it, bow, bit, bop, pow, bop, bop, pow, bop, pow. Heck, I'm surprised Colonel Grimm brought us along, but none of us are complaining, except maybe Sterling. Why would Major Sterling complain? He got assigned a different mission. I don't know what they got him doing since it was hush-hush, you dig? Likely setting the charges beneath Parliament, ousting the tyrants with a message written in gasoline, burning out the poison of a cancerous dictator with purging pyrotechnics. <laughs> or maybe they just need him somewhere more important than the ruins of Station Hill, now that Colonel Ride is- Oops! Almost let the cat out of the bag. Sensitive information? Best to avoid speaking of it. Clown, what are your thoughts on the war? <laughs> We're here to purge the world of another evil. To burn the overgrowth of villainy. To give way to a rebirth of a healthy garden of society. The Dashwoods refuse to allow for such weeds to contaminate our world. And cleansing fire shall rid us of Macklin's diseased roots. Our jobs aren't finished until Macklin and his mutant juice have been spilled and wiped away with the paper towels of justice. And... <laughs> I get to play with new toys for this mission! <laughs> new toys? Care to elaborate? <laughs> Not yet. I'd like to keep it a surprise until it's devouring our enemies. Let us just say that the sunrise will be jealous of our radiance. That's... reassuring. Well, I have many more questions that I'm certain the listeners would wish to have answered. 
I am only allowed to ask one more on air. Do either of you read? And if so, what is your favorite book? Oh, man. When I get time, I like books of poetry. Diane DePrimus' works are my favorite. I've got a collection of her poems here, but I found it without the cover. It's some top-notch beat poetry. You want to peep it sometime, big guy? Perhaps I may. What of you, clown? Hmm. The History of Pyrotechnics by Bernard de Flambe. A wonderful book describing the use of fire in matters of industry, agriculture, and combat. It's a wonderful read, but, well, I accidentally set it ablaze several years ago. Somehow I am not surprised. That was my final question. Thank you for your time. My pleasure, Daddy-o. I hope your listeners don't find my responses too spicy. <laughs> this has been On the Scene. I am your Grand Master of Ceremonies, Atlas. You are welcome. Back to you, ghoul. Thanks, Atlas. And thank you, Badger Boy and Donnie the Clown. It's great seeing you two again. After what you guys did for Station Hill and the Survivors, I feel more comfortable having you and any of the other guys from Station Hill supporting us in this war. Speaking of support for the war, I have a very special guest for today's Open Table interview. Dear listeners, let's give a warm welcome to Colonel Kelly Grimm. Come on in, Colonel. Come on in and have a seat, Colonel. Nice to have you in the studio, Colonel Grimm. So, uh, could you introduce yourself? I am the Avatar of the End, a champion of fate and demise. I am the Darren Dashwood's Avatar of Death. I am Colonel Kelly Grimm, founder of the Sniper Division. Uh, all right. It's my pleasure to meet you. In this capacity, I have no doubt. Were you on the other end of my rifle, however, how would you react? Uh... Would you fall to your knees and beg for your life, crying of injustice wrought upon you as the gods fail to answer your calls? Would you close your eyes and accept the cold embrace of Mother Death? I'd, uh, probably ask you to not shoot me. Huh. I see. Simple. Not brave. Not cowardly. Perhaps... Admirable? Okay... So, you hinted at what you do in the Dashwoods as the founder of the Sniper Division. Could you expand on that? Yes. I train members of the Dashwoods who have proven themselves to have the eyes of a hawk. Those who kill from a distance, with their rifle retorts playing funeral dirges for the unfortunates at the end of our barrels. I find them in our ranks and drag them through the river sticks so that they may be reborn as reapers to ferry the 
wicked to the lands of the dead. So you train the snipers for the Dashwoods. Ah, speaking of snipers, do you know the Eric brothers? I do. I guided their hands to become some of the greatest snipers in the Dashwoods. I lament the loss of Tall and Taller. My heart weeps for their brother Tallest, who has yet to reunite with his fallen kin. Ah, I gotta admit it was a rough loss for us at Station Hill. I'm glad we've still got Tallest out here with the 19th. I even got him to intro the show for me. Anyway, how long have you been with the Dashwoods? I have been here since the founding. I was among the first of the Dashwood officers and earned my place before the Dashwoods were given life. Oh yeah? That's amazing. How'd you join the Dashwoods? When I was but a child, my parents were killed by the Brotherhood of Steel. One of the members defected and he adopted me, giving me a new chance at life. He became my father and he taught me the way of the sniper. We had taken refuge in the north wastes where it was hunt or be hunted, and we were the hunters. When I was still young, some of the Enclave stains managed to find us and taint my father. When he refused, they killed him. I spent the next several weeks tracking them down so I could enact my revenge. They didn't stand a chance against my rifle, my reaper's judgment. In time, I hunted my way south and discovered a tower from which I could rain judgment upon the unjudged. The locals had grown to fear me and had sent many men to slay me. Many men met their end before they could lay eyes upon my grim visage. That is until General Taft and Lieutenant General Houndstooth managed to show me the face of death. How'd they do that? While General Taft managed to serve as an effective distraction, drawing my fire and setting off my defenses, Houndstooth had managed to infiltrate my Tower of Judgment and evaded all my explosives and tripwires. He was the first man to show me what it meant to be at someone else's mercy. I was disappointed to learn that he had died in such an ignorable death. But he's... Uh, no, that's right. Died in the tornado at Station Hill. What a waste. I agree. Anyway, you're here to lend support to Major Walsh's 19th Division. How are you and your snipers going to do so? This McKellen fool has yet to be judged. My snipers will serve as rays of judgment, raining death on those unworthy to live. This army of super mutants shall fall before us as we utilize the information gathered by Major Walsh's teams of scouts to discover the greatest vantage points and eliminate key targets. Sending all the simple-minded supermutants into a spiral of disarray as we give them their final judgment. Well, if the Eric brothers are any indication of how good your team is, I can't wait to see what you can all do. If you see what we do, you're on the wrong end of our rifles.
I'll uh, keep that in mind. So, one last question. What's your perfect Sunday? Hmm. Sitting in the quiet of a graveyard, wallowing in the silence of the dead with my rifle in my hand and a bottle of red wine beside me as I wait for the end to come. Okay, then. That's all I have for you. Thanks for agreeing to an interview. I look forward to working with you and your snipers. So another moment of time dies. You are a murderer of free time. I can respect that. May your death be swift and served. Ah, uh, well, that was interesting. Ah, dear listeners, now that the interview is done, it's time to wrap up the show. That's another episode done and another week behind us, dear listeners. We're all happy to have some old friends back with us, and new friends as well. As we walk deeper into the cold of winter, let's remember to wear more layers and keep warm. None of us want to wind up as ice sculptures. If you're looking to support the Dashwoods, stop on by any Dashwood-sponsored settlement and ask your local Dashwoods how you can help. We're always looking for new members, and if you've got any applicable skills, you could even land yourself as a private contractor. I'll leave you all with this little bit of wisdom. If you're freezing in the winter and think that soiling yourself to warm yourself up is a good idea, just remember that it's eventually going to freeze. Gross. This has been Wasteland Active Radio, reporting from the front with Major Walsh's Forward Operations Team, 19th Division. This is Crispy, signing off. Wasteland Active Radio was created, written, and produced by Z. Hagen and J. Wilson. Brought to you by the record button. The roles of Crispy, Bucket, Private Miller, and Donnie the Clown are played by Mr. Wilson. The roles of Atlas, Dave, Badger Boy, and Private Smoker are played by Mr. Hagen. The role of Johnny is played by B. Sewick, and the role of Shoban is played by Britt Eggestall. Britt and their partner Mel both run another channel called Milbert Productions, home to all your nerdy and geeky entertainment needs. Special thanks to our guests this week, Brad Cloud Stacy as Colonel Grimm of the Daring Dashwood Sniper Team. Wasteland Active Radio is set in the Fallout video game universe, owned by Microsoft Studios and Bethesda Softworks. No copyright infringement is intended. Please support the official release. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company! Alright, kid, you ready? I don't know, Crispy. I'm having a hard time keeping calm. Just breathe, Johnny. Tell me, do you have a plan for what you're going to say? I'm going to ask her if she wants to go and get coffee together as a date. All right, not bad. A little cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. It's a solid date idea. Hello? Dave, Atlas, what's up? Is it happening? 
Is Jonathan about to pour his heart out in an emotional declaration of love? I haven't missed it, have I? Yep. And no, you haven't missed it. Excellent. I've already prepared snacks. Hello? Don't eat all of my popcorn! Wait, Atlas. I thought you said I shouldn't pursue Shoban. Jonathan, I was using reverse psychology to spur you into action. I couldn't care less about you having a romantic relationship with the Raider brat. I do, however, enjoy witnessing the game of romance. And your infatuation with this Pygmalion-esque barbarian has the potential to be delightfully dramatic. I think I understood that? Wait, you were manipulating me? Yes. I was. What are you going to do about it? I'm a little annoyed, but your ploy worked, so thank you? Huh. Your thanks is accepted. Don't worry about that, Johnny. You're going to go in there, be yourself, and take the first step. You're just laying the groundwork, not asking to marry her. Keep it cool, keep it friendly. Right. Oh, boy. Now get in there, Johnny. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. I I got this. Uh, unless you're bleeding, take a seat and I'll be with you in a minute. Oh, uh hey Shoban. Huh? Oh. Hey Johnny. What's up? Uh you're not hurt, are you? Oh, no. I I just... Oh, is the cold weather messing with your arm? I've got some different bioconductive gel that might help if the artificial nerves aren't responding. No, it's it's not that. I wanted to, uh... I just wanted to see how you were doing. Oh! Oh! Um, I... I'm... I'm doing alright. Still having problems staying asleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah... It's been rough these past few weeks, and... Hey, thanks for getting that clown guy off my case earlier. I don't know what's up with him, but... It's almost like he could tell. I wouldn't put too much stock in what Donnie says. He's not known for being the most stable member of the Dashwoods. He did apologize later. Uh, I think. He said that he was sorry for stirring the spirits in my graveyard. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like his kind of apology. Does he always wear the paint? Yep. Weird. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I just got a letter from Private Phillips. You know, the one whose leg I had to amputate? They took a copy of the notes we prepared back east and are already getting fitted for a prosthetic using our designs. Really? That's great. You put a lot of work into those notes. No, uh, no, we put a lot of work into them. I was just a test subject. You led that project. And you put together the code for linking robotic limbs to prosthetic mounts. Our work was two halves of a whole piece of genius. Uh, I, I couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have done it without each other. Yeah. <laughs> now we could use that knowledge to build an army of cyborgs and conquer the world. 
<laughs> Just as long as we do it in 30-foot-tall suits of power armor while we rule the world. Hot deal! We're gonna rule this world like a couple of gods! Mad gods! <laughs> so, why did you really come here? Shoban, would you go on a date with me? What? 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 Hold on. Uh, did I hear that right? I've been thinking about it more and more lately, and I like you a lot, Shoban. On the outside, you're rough and a little harsh, but... I've seen that you're kind and compassionate, dedicated to your craft, and you're the smartest person I've ever met. I can't think of anyone else I'd rather go out with, so what do you say? Uh, I, uh... Johnny... I'm sorry, but... No. What? This isn't anything against you. You've been nothing but kind to me since we met. Hell, you traded your Pip-Boy to save my life when we hadn't even known each other for an hour. You're the most honest, most genuine guy I've ever met, and I I feel safe around you, Johnny. I, I knew all those times when we were making our way here that I was safe when we were alone together. That you wouldn't get handsy when I slept next to you or pull anything creepy. And, and... And you listen to me. Like, actually listen to me when I tell you my problems. I, I couldn't have told anyone else half the things I've told you. You know, about the nightmares... My scars, and, and, you know, that's because I trust you. You're, you're my best friend, Johnny, and I care about you a lot. I, I don't mean to hurt you, but, uh, I, I'm not looking for a romantic relationship. Not now, not anytime soon, and n not with you. Oh. I'm sorry, Johnny. I, are you okay? Yeah. We can still be friends, though, right? Of course. Oh, thank goodness. That's what I was most worried about. I'm glad that even though this didn't pan out, I didn't ruin our friendship. Me too. So, um, now what? Well, I think I'm going to go to the mess tent, grab a Nuka-Cola, and drink it in silence as I dissociate while watching the sunset. Okay, maybe you should, uh, I don't know, talk to Crispy about it instead? That's a problem for future Johnny. Johnny, that's not healthy. Like I said, that's future Johnny's problem. See you later, Shoban. <sighs> what am I going to do with you? <laughs> <laughs>